Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. Fintech, what is next? What's now in financial technology? Well, there's only one person with the answer to that. That is our godfather of fintech, Joel Bruckenstein. Joel, welcome. Hey, how are you? Joel, it is always good to get a chance to talk to you. It's one of the things I really missed over the last 18 months. Being on this circuit is not getting to see people like you. So it is really great to reconnect. What has the last 18 months been like for you? It's been interesting, to say the least. (laughs) Uh, Where to begin? So I think we begin right around when COVID really hit. And not surprisingly, there were quite a few people who did not take our advice over the years in the advisor space. And during March and April, I was getting a lot of panic calls from people who called me and said things like, what is this Zoom thing and how do I get it? You know, also had never used digital signature, opened up an account digitally, all of those kind of things. So early on, I would say there was a lot of panicking. And I think the sort of the second stage was people getting comfortable from working from home, but it, it, particularly in the case of small to mid-sized RIAs, not really thinking through all the implications. So they thought about things like, you know, hours and how do we get people to maintain some kind of normal schedule or get work done on time. But they didn't think much about things like, what kind of equipment should I be using? And what are, for example, the security, particularly cybersecurity implications of having people working from home on consumer networks that are in oftentimes shared with friends and family and passing perhaps personally identifiable information over those networks. So then we saw a lot of work in that area. So those were some of the challenges. I think on the bright side, you know, you and I know so many people who are at conferences like this on the tech side and normally like us, they spend a lot of time on the road. Well, guess what? They weren't on the road for two years. So that gave them an opportunity to spend more time in the office, more time thinking creatively about their applications and really putting their you know, nose to the grindstone and knocking out some really kick-ass software. So I think there's been a lot of progress across the board, particularly from the more mature players, you know, with incremental improvements they've made over the last two years to the software. And I think you'll be seeing some major new releases when T3 rolls around uh, May 2nd through 5th in Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. Um, One of my favorite things about T3 over the years, and I've gotten to go to a lot of them. Thank you for that. One of my favorite things about T3 was it wasn't just a focus on what's new. It wasn't just a focus on software. You always had the ability to learn more about some of the great hardware that's out there too. It, It amazed me, like you said, at the beginning of COVID stages that more people weren't ready. They didn't have the necessary hardware, webcams, et cetera, to really shine at this moment. Were you surprised that people weren't as prepared or, or, or is this kind of where our industry is that they're not kind of having that forethought? No, I, I always said leading up to COVID, there were two types of advisors, you know, those that were really tech ready for some kind of emergency and those that weren't. And, you know, I hate to generalize, but I would say generally speaking, the larger firms that had dedicated people to think about those things, did a better job. But there were plenty of small firms, you know, the type of firm that come to T3 that are a little more tech forward that, you know, we've been talking to them about these things for years. 
and eventually they tend to listen. Maybe not the first time they hear it, but certainly the second, third, or fourth time. So, you know, overall, there really was a dichotomy. And, you know, I think since then, the people who weren't ready have been forced to play catch-up. And I think as an industry, people are a little more focused on tech than they were two years ago across their whole business. And these innovations that we've come to know and love over the course of 18 months, they're not going anywhere. Zoom's not going anywhere, right? No, Zoom's not going anywhere. Again, some people, for many reasons, may prefer Teams, which is a little more difficult to master. Yes. But, um, yeah, there's some kind of video conferencing capability that's not going away. Same thing with webcasts, podcasts, what have you. I mean, people have been in an environment where they can really take advantage of that, and they have. It's incredible to me to see how innovation continues. Like you said, there's a lot of folks that, because they were home, have been able to innovate some of their software, and we're going to see some great things coming up ahead of us over the next three, six months. What are some, without naming names, I understand that, what are some things that you're particularly excited about as you think about 2022? Well, as you know, we did a session here earlier today about build or buy. So historically, I've been a proponent of almost always buying and never building for independent RIAs. Um, that is changing a little bit. I'm seeing some more realistic use cases over the last six months for firms of all sizes that really have a need to build because they're trying to create a unique business model that perhaps some of the well-known software providers really haven't thought about in the past, or maybe it's a little too niche for them to build to that. And so some firms are being forced to do some of that on their own. You know, another area just in general is for 20 years, I've been listening to advisors say, you know, we want best of breed software, but the integration problems never seem to go away. And I say every year the integrations get better, but they never get better fast enough to meet advisor expectations. So that's another area where some building is going on. Another trend which I think you know, sort of emerged a couple of years ago, but is accelerating really rapidly, is the conventional wisdom for many years has been best of breed. And now there's definitely an alternative thought process that says, well, maybe it's better to have one integrated platform that offers me everything, even though not every single application is the best, because what we really need is a centralized database and to be able to manage our data better, mine our data better, get better business intelligence. And some people think that the only way to do that is to have a unified platform. And I think a unified platform is really interesting, but we're seeing so many interesting integrations. We're seeing interesting partnerships like crypto, for example. We're seeing crypto embedded into a lot of interesting platforms now. I think Redtail's now working on a crypto initiative with yep. OnRamp. We're seeing some such interesting things right now, but crypto is an area where a lot of advisors still are keeping a little hands off. Do you think areas like crypto will continue their evolution? You think advisors are going to have to finally submerge themselves in the deep end a little bit? Well, see, the problem with crypto, just from a technology point of view, yeah. is not so much the technology is that advisors haven't accepted it and embraced it. And some of that is due to regulatory issues, right? Until very recently, it just wasn't easy to implement a, a strategy, um, or you could, but it was very limited. Now that more choices are opening up, there are new firms like OnRamp and others, uh, who's, who is here, Case, C-A-I-S, you know, is another firm that's big in alternatives. And they're doing a lot of work in making it easier for advisors 
to make that alternatives, including crypto, part of an asset allocation. I think that trend's going to continue, but in order for it to really accelerate, advisors need to do more with regard to educating themselves and their clients about crypto and alternatives. And I think once that happens, you know, you'll see this thing grow geometrically. So one area you and I have spoken on in the past that it's an, it's an analogy that I use in my head all the time. And when I talk to folks about when they're like, I think I want to add this piece of technology or that. You said to me that, hey, we have this great cell phone in our hand, but we're probably only using about 15% of its capabilities. Right. Are, is there still that mindset for you that advisors still are not taking advantage enough of the software and the tools they already have? And they don't necessarily need to go buy something new, but to your point about education, get educated about what they have already. Yeah, I mean, most advisors don't really understand the full capabilities of almost all of the software they own. And again, there's a number of reasons for that. Some of them don't need to use it all. But when they hit a roadblock, rather than look to their own things first, they just naturally assume they need something else, which is not always the case. But even a more common problem, you know, with regard to sort of software they already own, is maybe they made a, a, a purchase decision five or seven years ago, and that software was the best for them at that time. And now their business model has evolved, and their software needs to evolve. So the first question is, from your current provider, you know, is there a, a, a better version of that that better suits you? And if not, you know, do you have a strategy to even identify how, when, you know, how and when to change to do the evaluation and have you budgeted for it? And the answer in most cases is no. So it starts by auditing the, con the, the software and the tools you have. On a regular basis, at right. least every other year. Then educating yourself about what else they can do before you start to say, "I need to go buy something else. I need to right. go buy the hottest, shiniest new toy in the in the in the store." Yeah, I mean, usually what ends up happening, unfortunately, with the vast majority of firms we deal with, is they get very frustrated with a piece of software. It may be the software itself, it may be the service from the provider, and then like, I have to change this. What should I do? Mm -hmm. and, and you know, they want to do it yesterday as opposed to taking a step back really first evaluating the problem. Is it a service problem that can easily be solved, right, by escalating it? Is it, you know, some feature of the software that may be a premium feature that you have to pay more for, but at least you don't have to upend your whole business? So those are the questions you should ask first. And then if that's not the case, you probably need to engage with somebody if you don't have the in-house expertise to help you do a proper evaluation. Because, you know, the, the dollars you spend on consulting to make the pr proper choice are the best dollars you're ever going to spend. If you make a mistake and buy the wrong piece of software, you may be married to it for years, number one, and it's going to cost you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you mentioned it before, May, we're heading off to Denton, Texas for T3. Very excited as always for this. What are some of the things as you, I realize we're five, six months out here, so I'm yep. not going to hold you to any of this, but what are some things that you're excited about beyond just getting this great fintech community back together? Well, obviously that's the first. Yes. You know, I think there's a real thirst to bring the whole fintech community together. It honestly does not happen anywhere else in the industry other than T3. So having everybody together under one roof, I think is just going to be marvelous. I think, you know, we also have a great lineup of speakers mm -hmm. um, still in progress, but I can tell you, you know, Nisha Hathi from Schwab wow. is going to be joining us. She's a dynamic speaker, a great thought leader in the industry. 
I'm almost positive we have another wonderful woman, but I can't say so yet, who everybody will know and love. Some of the largest firms in the industry, as usual, will have major product announcements mm -hmm. at T3. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's some M&A activity, which there's been in the past at T3. That's the one thing we haven't talked about. Over the last two years, there's been a tremendous amount of M&A activity in the fintech space. Yeah. You know, we talk about all the activity that's going on in the advisor space, in the custodial space, obviously, you know, two giants, TD and Schwab, but there's been quite a few technology firms that have either merged or been purchased over the last several years. It's almost like you're going to need a new scorecard, new lineups to figure out who all the players are. But I think at the end of the day, we've seen a fintech space that's where it's emerged is some amazing firms, some amazing personalities are getting lifted up. And I, I think at the end of the day, fintech has always been this great shining light for this industry. And, you know, it helps, you know, it's like <laughs> it's the uh, it's the lights of the car that are showing us the path for the future. And that's that's just been incredible to watch. And you've been such a huge part of the growth of that community. It's been amazing. Thanks. I mean, if there's one concern I have that I think about a lot, it's I think even versus five years ago, today for a new tech firm to start up in the industry is getting more challenging. Mm -hmm. And the reason is the M&A activity and the lack of distribution. So if you think back five years ago, it was pretty easy for a firm to come to my conference, TD Ameritrade conference, get on the TD platform and right away have access to distribution. And also, to a large extent, get on the Orion platform and get distribution there. You know, those, certainly the TD platform is not a viable alternative right. anymore. And with all the merger and acquisition going on at Orion, it's a little bit difficult for them to onboard new firms as well. And some of them, quite frankly, may commit, uh, compete with some of the firms they bought. Yeah. So I think there's going to be some challenges there. But, you know, at T3, we're going to do everything we can to shine a spotlight on new firms that we think have value to advisors, because I think it's really important to keep a dynamic ecosystem that continues to evolve. Well, Joel, you've been such a big part of building that dynamic ecosystem, and I know you continue will um, continue success. And it's always great to get a chance to talk to you. Thank you so much, my friend. Great to see you, Matt. It's been a while. Great to see you, too. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Joel Bruckenstein is the president of T3 Technology and is a separate entity and not affiliated with Integrated Partners and LPL Financial.